Welcome back to the S3 Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Caleb, but you very well might know him as Gingium. He is a automotive YouTuber, and today we're going to talk about that YouTube thing. (laughs) All right, so Caleb, what's your backstory? You come from video games, right? Um, Yeah, so... I started making YouTube videos for fun in high school and I was doing like Skyrim videos and like racing videos essentially. Um, and then I wanted to do it more seriously. I wanted to turn it into a profession You know, I wanted to do it instead of going to college and crap. So, um, I decided I needed to have like a, a more specific thing that I made videos on. Like I can't, you can't just make videos on whatever you want to make videos on because then you won't, draw a certain audience right um so then i chose car racing videos because there weren't very many car racing youtubers back when i started a couple years ago uh so i did that for like a year and that's how i started my channel like i got to hundred thousand subscribers doing that and then i kind of got bored of doing it no big deal in video games so like what what's the timeline like when did you start your youtube channel uh, the first video I made was in 2013. Okay. But I started like regularly in 2015. And how old are you? Or how, uh, old, how old were you then and now? I'm 22 now. I was okay. like, okay, so you were young, dude. Yeah, yeah. I literally, like, you know, freshman year of high school, I came home <laughs> from high school and I started making YouTube videos. I just did it for fun for most of the, most of the time. Holy cow. Did you ever think it would like turn into something? Like, from the beginning, were you like, I'm going to see if I can turn this into something, or were you just killing time as a teenager? I really wanted it to turn into something, (laughs) but I knew, like, at that time, I couldn't, uh, I I still had fun doing it. Like, I did it for fun to, like, yeah, to uh, take out free time, because if you're doing it just to get that end goal, like, I had to do it for three years. It took me three years to reach 500 subscribers. Okay. So, like, obviously, if you're just <laughs> trying to get a bunch of money and stuff from YouTube. Yeah, there's other ways. It's, uh, yeah, it's really time-consuming to get up to there. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. That stuff fascinates me just because we are so, you know, young to YouTube. And, and like, I mean, I know, you know, Hunter's been on it, you know, because he's in his early 20s. But me, like, I was kind of like... Up until like two years ago, the only thing I watched on YouTube was like my reggae videos. You know what I mean? Like I used it literally as MTV just to date myself. Like that's what I was like, damn it, can't find any videos. I'm going to go on YouTube and watch some of these videos and get inspired. And then, and then, yeah, just in the, you know, I mean, what, we've only been doing it like, what, a year and a half, like trying seriously, you know? Um, But yeah, I don't know, man. It always fascinates me just the way people are. Like, have you, were you always comfortable on camera like that? Like, even as an awkward teenager? Because, like, if you would have stayed, taken yeah. ninth grade me and tried to put a camera on me, dude, like... <laughs> Same. I, I, would, I would not have been good. <laughs> like, so, for the first while, I was actually never on camera. Like, I just did a voice recording. Um, really? Which helped. Yeah, yeah. I never showed my face for the first couple of years. Um, and then when I started to, yeah, it was definitely, definitely weird. It wasn't too bad doing it by yourself, but if anyone was there watching me while I recorded, I could not do that. That was weird. 
I yeah. can't do that to this day. Like if I'm out in public, I cannot film. It's just awkward. <laughs> yeah. But, and well, so do you just screen cap? You just screen cap some on PC? Yeah, I used like uh, Elgato screen cap because I was yeah. playing on the Xbox and then I yeah. used Audacity on my mic. Actually, okay. this is the same mic and the same uh, nice. webcam I bought a couple of years ago just for that. So Okay. That's cool. So at what point um, did you realize like, hey, I can make something out of this? That's a good question. I don't know if there was ever really like a turning point. Um I was really lucky because I started early enough, early enough where by the time I was to the point where I needed to like rely on it or like wanted to use it as a business, I'd already been doing it for four years kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially what happened is I guess when I got out of high school, I started going to college and I went to college for like a year. Um, and then I was like doing college while also making YouTube videos and I was doing YouTube videos pretty regularly. Like, you know, three a week. Um, and I was getting money from YouTube and stuff. And I realized, why am I going to college to do something that I want to do less than what I'm doing right now? So I just <laughs> right. dropped out of college yeah. and <clears throat> kind of went from there. Yeah. It's weird, man. It was it's, kind of, go ahead. Go ahead, honey. It was, I guess it was kind of the same situation with me for S3 because, you know, yeah. I was in school full time. Um, while also interning with S3 and S3 would be like, because there's been multiple situations where Wooly will call me at like Wednesday and he'll be like, Friday, we have to go to California. And I'm like, what, really? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm like, well, I have an exam on Friday. And he's like, well, here's your ticket. <laughs> here's your plane ticket. <laughs> already bought. Yeah, we already have your plane ticket. Were you working at Advance for most of that time, too? Actually, no. When I started with S3, yeah, this was before Advanced. I was working for a construction company in downtown Birmingham. Um, So, yeah. So, I was... Just picture Hunter in, like, bright orange vests with some (laughs) jeans. Hard hats. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Still toe boots, whole nine yards. That sucked, you know, definitely my darkest time. But no, I would get up, I would go, you know, to work at 6.30 in the morning. Um, and then I would get off at about 11, go do classes, and then come home and do, you know, whatever I could for S3. But I finally came to the realization that, you know, I was at school um, to study advertising, but I was already doing with S3 what um i was going to school to do so why not invest more time into yep. pursuing s3 versus you know sticking full-time in school doing something that might not take me anywhere you know i will say i will say in our field um i'm seeing a lot more employers look at experience in substitute of years in college so for my position, they would look at, you know, four years in college or, or like a bachelor's degree or so many years of experience. And if you can do that experience and gain a network that's going to get you in the right places, like some of these people are ahead of it by the time these other people graduate college, you know? It's like it's super weird for me being like whatever, argue, you know, a generation above at least, you know, Hunter and Caleb, like. Like, I was going to college. There was, like, no real question about, like, oh, should I go or should I not go? And I went to a big party school. I went to University of Georgia. You know, it's huge. And it, and 
And I ended up spending a good six years there to get a four-year degree, you know, because <laughs> I was partying and having, I did. I never wanted to leave. I was like Van Wilder. Like, I was like, why would anybody want to leave this, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but the reality is, like, I kind of screwed away basically my late teens through mid-20s almost, um, you know, just because I was going to school. Um and it, it it's just so weird to see how how it's kind of changed in a generation because now with the internet and social media and YouTube and all these platforms to create your own brand media channel whatever you want to do like you it's I'm starting to wonder like is college worth it I mean like you two I mean you two got totally a jump on where I would have been you know you're in your early twenties and and like living the damn thing. You know, when I was in my early 20s, I was still partying five nights a week and going to class. And that was life. And we loved cars, but it was a hobby. That was it. It was a hobby and a credit card debt. And that was it. Now, I mean, the flip side of that coin is the hobby and the credit card debt and the good times and all that led to me getting so, you know, uh, encompassed in it that that I ended up, you know, with the magazine. Um, but... I don't know, man. I mean, it was, it, I was 25 by the time I got a job with the magazine. So I was yeah. like, what, three years older than y'all. Like, y'all are already, like, way ahead of where I would have been, you know? So it's kind of cra- crazy. I mean, I've got a six-year-old little girl, and I wonder that same thing for her all the time. She's all about the YouTube. You know, she loves watching. It's funny because she likes watching <laughs> the video game people and the, the yeah. FGTV and FV and whatever that dude's name is. He's freaking hilarious. But, like, these guys are more famous than celebrities. Like, they really oh, are yeah. if you look at the numbers, yeah. you know? And I, it, I just wonder, you know, do I, do I push the same path where you're like, you need to get an education, you need to go to college because you need something to fall back on, but do you? I mean, you know, she could yeah. be like well on her career path by 20, or she could be going to sorority parties getting wasted, and I don't like the sound of that either. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, man, it's just weird, like for people that might be watching, like, it's definitely food for thought, you know, if you're... If you're younger, do you need college like maybe I did? Like with the magazine, I'm convinced that having the degree doesn't matter what it was in. It was in psychology. Like, and I literally had a psychology professor just say, if you like psychology, just get your damn piece of paper and get out of here and you'll go get a job. And that's the way it's going to be, man. It's going to work out, you know, and like and and so. I think for my age group, that degree helped because in the interview process, it set me apart, I guess, a little bit. But for y'all, I just don't, you know, I mean, I I can't speak for you, Caleb, but I know that Hunter's getting experience that you just can't, you know, college can't replicate that. Like, he's living it. So, yeah, I'm definitely definitely glad I didn't go to college, but, um, well, yeah, yeah, glad I didn't go to college. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely could not have done a lot of the stuff that I've done now if I went yeah. if it could continue going. Discourage, not yeah, to not discourage anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, definitely don't put all your apples and whatever the YouTube the basket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't rely on that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, I mean, because Jesse Jesse has a college degree, a very recent college degree. Um, Bully is as a psychology has a psychology degree. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Um, but yeah, you so can see it in the magazine. That's man. how it gets it in your head, man. <laughs> All right, I got a, I got a question, Caleb. Do you yeah. think you could do it again 
if you were starting in 2020, do you think that, I mean, YouTube right now is saturated, you know, and you were in yeah. at the right time. Yeah, 100% no, definitely not. Okay. I, I got it. I got in, honestly, at the latest, I, I think possible. Yeah. Because there are so many people trying to make YouTube channels and do on all that crap. It's just hard to get your name out there because there's so many people doing it. And back, even though it was only five years ago, it was still a much smaller thing back then, yeah. for sure. I remember well, I was about laying. Well, I was going to say, I was about laying, and there was a guy that worked the door of the club where I valeted, and he was like, you know what you need to do with that magazine, man? You need to get on YouTube. And I was <laughs> like, nah, man, I don't want to mess with that. He was right. Should yeah. Should have done that back in 2013. But Caleb, so I'm curious. Um, you said you started off doing this as kind of fun. Um, at what point did you decide to 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 start putting strategy behind it to where you know it went away from just I'm just going to come home do something fun to like actually put like strategy behind it? I'm not sure if I've ever put strategy behind <laughs> it. <laughs> it's still I just do it for fun. It just happens to um, fun, you know, be my job. Yeah. Um, but I think once I quit college. I was like, all right, I need to really take this seriously. Yeah, yeah I, I have screw to make up this now. Work. I'm yeah. way behind. I need to go back to college. And like, what do I do now? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's follow the timeline. So you're making, you start out doing video games. Then you're like, okay, I need to set myself apart. So I'm going to start doing racing video games. Yeah. Where do physical cars come into the picture? So while I was doing the race review game videos, I was saving up to get my first car, which is the Miata I have. So I finally got that, and I was so happy. And I started making Miata Mondays. So every Monday, I would make a video doing something with that car. Um, and, you know, that kept going. Can you guys hear that in the background? No. no. Okay. Is it just a cat? One. Yeah, the cat's trying to get it. <laughs> tearing up the carpet. Yeah, can tell by the way you're looking at. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's so annoying. But <laughs> if you guys can hear it, then that's good. No, you're um, so where was I? I uh, oh right. So I'm making the Miata Monday videos, and once I hit hundred thousand subscribers, I got a Subaru wagon, and then I started doing it like two times a week. Then it was like three times a week, and then I eventually made a video like, hey, no more, no more video game stuff. So okay. Random question, like, uh, how, at what point were you, have you ever had a job other than this? Like, did you have a, you know, whatever, advanced auto parts type job? Or I worked at Culver's for a year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 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 So, like, by 100,000, isn't that like a little food place, right? Yeah. It's, it's a, a, I mean, it's a, a food pretty big store. chain up here, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, by 100,000, was that your full-time job? Yeah. So I was, so I was working Culver's in high school, and I was making videos at that time. I remember talking to like my Culver's managers. I didn't tell anyone I made YouTube videos because I thought it was kind of embarrassing. Um, but then one of my friends worked with me at Culver's, and he told my manager, and everyone started making fun of me. So that happened. But then um, I quit Culver's because I was doing track. Yeah, that was that's what it was. Quit Culver's to do track in high school. Um, and then when I dropped out or when I finished high school, I was living with my mom. I, I didn't have any bills, so I didn't really need a job. So YouTube yeah. was just kind of fun. Um, yeah. But yeah. That's cool. Yeah, cool. So, so then, go ahead. 
I mean, I got a question, but I don't know if you had like a plan. So go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What? So, all right, yeah. How did like from video game teenager to like a a dude that can actually wrench on his own cars? Like, how the hell did that happen? Like, you you're basically like you do everything on these cars, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's the one thing I'm really happy. It was a it was a very slow process, you know. When I first started making the Miata Monday videos, I I remember very very distinctly there was one video I made. I got so frustrated because I tried to install LED lights in my footwells on the Miata, and I could not figure out how to do wiring. So I I didn't you know I didn't research anything. So I was like, oh, you put these two wires together. I hot glued all the wires together. And just kind of like, it was so sketch. And then like, I didn't know how to ground things properly. So I grounded it to a painted surface. So, you know, I flipped the switch to turn the lights on and they're kind of like flickering and like kind of barely working. And I was like, what's going on? So I remember that really vividly because that was like, I I didn't know anything back then. And I slowly kind of did more and more stuff and got more confidence. And I had a bunch of people helping so, yeah. like, when I went to install the turbo kit on the Miata, I had two guys who had turboed their Miatas come over and help me. When I did coilover, some, one of my friends that I met on iFunny, actually, came over and helped me install the coilovers. And I, you know, I kind of just watched them and what they did and learned that. And I watched a bunch of YouTube videos on how to do stuff. Um, Greg, the Car Passion channel, he makes, like, Miata t- tutorial videos. I learned a bunch from him. And then I got... Uh, one of the big turning points was I met um, Mike, who owns a fabrication shop in this area. Like, he builds race cars um, and stuff. So I actually ended up getting... My first shop was right next to his shop. Uh, So he was right there, and whenever I needed help, I would go over there, and he would kind of teach me how to do it and all that kind of stuff. Heck yeah. So you you just started teaching yourself everything that you needed to learn to do what you wanted to do. Yeah, pretty much. I had something <laughs> I wanted to install or make, or I was like, I, I got to do it. So not going to, didn't have the money to pay a shop, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to have yeah. to do it. So. Or you started money to buy the tools rather than, you know, and, and yeah. learn to do it yourself. That's awesome, man. Like I respect that a lot, especially at, again, at 22, you know, at 22, we were jacking up cars in the parking lot of our college apartment <laughs> to try and lower it at one in the morning because we couldn't <laughs> wait. And we had just gotten back from downtown or something. Like, it's insane, dude. Like, I mean, just the discipline to take it that far is is pretty respectable. Dude. I respect that. Yeah. I feel like everything, everything that I know about cars, it's because somehow that piece broke on my Corolla and I figured out how to fix it. So my knowledge is only as well, much yeah. as well. And I, I think a lot of time people, you know, discredit a lot of the YouTubers or whatever, you know, like, it's just like, oh, yeah, just, just a YouTuber. And it's like, dude, like he's, he's doing it the same way a lot of us are doing it, you know? And, and I don't know, man, I think that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, I didn't really I s- realize that when I first met you, like, through Hunter, you know, until it was later on when we were hanging out. I was like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I, I just think it's cooler. It's not always about, like, the prettiest, most perfect car. I like it when people put their own heart and soul. And, dude, even mistakes and learning curves that you see oh, yeah. in cars, you know what I mean? Like, I had an old S12 Nissan. I got hooked 
on drifting in 2005 or whatever and bought the cheapest car I could find the fastest. And you could watch the welds. Like I tried to like stitch weld the car. <laughs> you could see where I got better and better and better throughout the car. But I mean, that's all part of it, man. Yeah. I even like, I know my, my truck, which I built last year, this time, that was like the first time I ever welded. I weld like the front suspension and like I look back at that now and I'm like, oof, yikes, that's <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> yeah, well. So yeah. yeah, always learning, always yeah. I think whatever I you build that way, you appreciate a whole lot more when you're going oh, yeah. with it as opposed to just like sending it off. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so I think that's the thing I'm most happy about is actually being able to do stuff myself. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of similarities between Caleb's come up. Um, in YouTube and bullies come up having purchased S3. I mean, it's different, but I see a lot of the same in a, in a bunch of different ways because the passion and the effort is just as much there from both sides. Yeah. So it's really cool seeing, you know, the, um, the comparisons of the two different, I guess, generations. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, same I journey, different platform. It was the same thing, like with the magazine, like, I, I couldn't believe I got hired. Six weeks later, I got laid off because they were selling the whole magazine title off to some company in California. I talked them into not doing that and selling it to me and the designer, which we didn't even have the money. Like, we cashed in everything we own to try and buy this thing. And it was this, but it was the same thing. It was like, oh crap, I'm all in now. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's pretty like, crazy. Like, we got to make this thing work, you know? And I mean, even to this day, people are like, holy crap, you're one of the last mags standing. Like, how do you do it? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to get yeah. a <laughs> like, last mag on earth. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's not, you know, we're not superior talent than anybody else. We just don't quit. Yeah. Because if I quit, that means I have to cut my hair and I have to go <laughs> make a resume. I've mentioned, <laughs> that before. I've mentioned that before many times with like, if you and 10 other people started the same exact passion, you know, 10 years ago, it's not the person who knows the most or who's the most talented. The person who wins is the one who doesn't quit. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, I, you know, I don't know, like all the California elite magazines and stuff would all disagree with me but i don't think this culture is about perfection you know what i mean like you can i mean dude honestly we can find perfection anywhere now in the in the yeah. car world like i think it's about heart and and yeah. you know just true character and i mean that's what i like about the car scene is i like to get to know the dudes behind it i'm not judging yeah. what the hell wheels you got or how many they made in 1997 yeah. you know that offset i don't care like I mean, if, if uh, it's great, like, I don't hate it. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool. But, like, I'm more interested in, in kind of the story behind it. I don't know. That's I can appreciate it all. But yeah. as far as perfection goes, like, machines can do perfection. 50, yeah. 100 years from now, when there's nothing but robots or whatever, they're all going to make perfection. And we're going to be able to see that anywhere. But, like, having the heart and story and, and a little dents and scratches, I think that's more of a story than anything else. I'm with you. Sure. All right. So for those who don't already know or are not familiar with you, what do you currently own? What What's the cars in your fleet? Are you talking to me? Yes. Okay. Um, so oh, there's my neighbor with his pop and crackle tune going down the street <laughs> <laughs> every night at 9 what o'clock. What is it? Focus? Um, what was that? Is it a focus? It's a Mini Cooper. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so 
I have a, a school bus, a short bus, which is my tow vehicle, which tows all the other cars to events. It's just a 06, you know, short bus that we converted into an RV. Um, then I have just a, a normal Miata that's got a turbo kit and some bolt-on mods. That was my first car, the Miata Monday car. Um, very special to me. And we got the drift truck, which is a 1991 Mazda B2200 that I put a 1UZ in, a Nissan transmission, Ford axle, custom suspension, and I drift it. Um, and then we have the Rally Miata, which started out as a really cheap $500 lift kit, go off crazy off-road stuff. And now it's got a all-drive drivetrain from a Subaru, an EJ20. It's built and makes 360 wheel horsepower and it's crazy fast and crazy. Yeah. Listen, I just saw the video of you like just give it a couple ride alongs. I love seeing everybody else's video. Another thing I noticed your face when you're getting ready to ship and your hand has this yeah. like, little twitch. Yes. <laughs> Notice that. And so I, I watched that video. I see all these people commenting, like, what are they commenting about? And I'm like, literally like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm expecting I'm like, the camera what? like zoom into your eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's there. But I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really notice I do that, but it's just because I'm enjoying it. So. I think everybody's got their their little thing. I yeah, that's true. If, I think if everybody recorded themselves, they find their little thing. Yeah, that thing's rowdy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not used to super fast cars. Yeah. So even after yeah. owning it for a week, like I drive it now, I'm like, okay, it's kind of fast. For the first time I drove that, I was like, whoa, this is scary. So. Yeah, I'm the same way with my Focus, because my Focus, I should be at around, around 360 wheel. Um, and the first time I got on it, I was like, this is stupid. Yes. I was on, I was actually on FaceTime with Jesse, and he was huh. on, like, the clip of my car. And I was like, okay, I'm about to do, like, the first full boost pull. And Jesse's like, let's do this. Yes. You're good. But that was sick. So what I want to do is take it back to the drift truck. So for those who don't know, um, I, I am a big YouTube guy, right? So I started out in high school uh, watching YouTubers. Uh, when I was a senior, or maybe I had just graduated high school, I ended up buying a Miata. Um, and one of my buddies go, hey, you should check out this uh, gingium dude. And I was like, what is a gingium? <laughs> and, uh, and he said, it's this dude. He's got this blue Miata. It's turbo. It's really cool. Maybe you can get some inspiration off of it. So I said, okay. So I started watching his videos. So, you know, I think I came into you after you had the WRX uh, hatch or wagon or whatever it was. And you had the RX-7. You were planning to do the engine swap on the RX-7 that you Oof, had. Yeah. Um, so I started watching him trying to, <laughs> trying, um, to get flashbacks. <laughs> uh, trying to get some inspiration for my Miata. Fast forward, um, he gets the drift truck. I had a friend give me a totaled LS400. LS400s have the VVTi uh, 1UZ um and I pulled that engine out and was going to swap it into my Miata. I was such an idiot at the time that as soon as I pulled it out, I completely disassembled the engine, didn't label anything, and had absolutely no clue how to put it back together. 
Yeah, on a so, dual overhead cam V8 with like a bajillion parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was bad. I'm very embarrassed to admit that I did that, but I did. So Caleb, you know, he announces that he has this truck, and he, I think you made like a tweet looking for a 1UZ or something. Um, so I hit him up on Twitter, and I was like, hey, dude, like, there's not a lot here, <laughs> but, you know, I, I've been looking for an excuse to come to Chicago and I have this, so if you want it, I'll bring it to you. And Caleb was like, sure, cool. So, uh, yeah, sure enough, I load up the 8 million disassembled parts from this engine into the bed of a pickup. And I take off to Chicago. And, you know, that's where being him met. And I think, did you ever use any of the, I think you used the wiring harness, right? That truck has the wiring harness. So, I don't think anything on the truck right now has parts from your engine but the truck would not be where it is if it did not have any of that stuff that was very vital to what i did that's very polite <laughs> you're like no, you brought me a whole bunch I'm, of buckets of yeah yeah it was, really <laughs> it was all rusty by the time i got it but um yeah i it was it was great because i had a free engine that i was able to mock up i built all the mounts you know did everything made made sure it was all gonna work before buying the thousand dollar engine um and the wiring harness we didn't use like it's a custom wiring harness but the guy who made the harness used the harness that you had to label everything and figure it all out so definitely useful. fair enough yeah. all right so there so there's some history there with with <laughs> s3 and the drift truck just a yep. little bit um <laughs> we back, inspire so <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so how's that truck doing you got you have any drifting plan for uh, uh covid has uh, unfortunately shut down every event yeah. in the next couple months here but um the truck itself is awesome yeah i spent the last couple of weeks getting it dialed in it's like i had finished it and yeah, there was a bunch of stuff especially when you're doing like a big project where you touch everything at least when i'm trying to build it as fast as i can for youtube I don't necessarily get to all the small details that I want to because it would just take way too much time and people would get bored. Um, yeah. So when I finished it a couple months ago, or it was last year, more like it, there was a lot of stuff that needed to be improved. So mm -hmm. I finally took the time and kind of did all the small things that now I'm, I'm daily driving it. So it's awesome. Same. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Where yeah. did you, you grab the current 1UZ from? Uh, I just bought it from a local engine importer. Okay. Yeah. Is it a JDM engine? Yeah, it's uh, out of a oh, really? Toyota Aristo, which is essentially a GS. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know yeah. it was JDM. You well, mentioned... yeah, and the, the thing was, when they sent it to the wiring, when I sent it to get wired up, they looked at the harness, and they're like, wait a second. They like they had a USDM yeah. harness -like labels, but they didn't have anything for the JDM harness. So they were so confused, which is why your harness came in. I've made that mistake with putting in JDM parts in my Corolla. Um, right. I did the wiring, and I based the wiring off of the JDM um, uh, diagram. And so I realized mirror one or mirror two or whatever one and two was based on driver side, and I backwards put the entire thing. So driver side is actually on my passenger side. It was just 13 hours trying to do that wiring and have not touched it since like 2009. <laughs> nope, not Ooh. doing it. Yeah. yeah. That's good to deal with. Yeah. Well, so, that, one, go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to say, you mentioned COVID. It's freaking nuts, isn't it? Like, what was it like two and a half months ago? We were chilling in Atlanta, drinking beer at some brewery, yep. talking about how you need to come back for Import Alliance in a couple of weeks. Which I wouldn't have made it back for Import Alliance. So yeah. I guess that's one good thing. But yeah, yeah it yeah. sucks. There's nothing going on. Do we Great. know if Import Alliance is the rescheduled event is still happening? I mean, it is until it isn't. Yeah. Nothing's for yeah. sure, you know, but it's scheduled. So it's scheduled for July, June, I think. Yeah, rescheduled for July 11th and 12th. Whatever that weekend is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got okay. 10th in my head because that's when we would need to set up. But yeah, I mean, all this stuff, I mean, Formula D's the weekend before that on the 4th, and who knows? Mm -hmm. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, it, it might happen. It's, it's a couple months out, you know? Yeah. I mean, everything's just now starting to opening ba open back up as long as we don't have any stupid, you know, second wave like they keep talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, might happen. I sure hope it does. I've been seeing a lot of tracks opening up lately, especially down south. Florida seems to just not care. Yeah, I'm so jealous <laughs> of all the people in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I just right? love Florida. <laughs> like I saw, uh, what's his name, Matt, uh, Matt Man or whatever, the dude you got that engine off. He was like drag racing yesterday, yeah. and they were all like running around, wrenching on drag cars, like nothing has happened the past two and a half months. Not fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, I guess if it's spectatorless, it's kind of okay. Right. I mean, that seems to be at least down south what a lot of people yeah. are doing. You know, the problem is I was talking to some people that work at a track um, and they were like, the problem is like, even though, you know, to like try and socially stay distant and all that, like when you're at the track, all that crap goes out the window. You know, you got the adrenaline yeah. going and, and there's other things going on and you just it's just not human nature to stay apart when you're excited and everything's excitable and stuff like that. So. I don't know. Whatever, man. Whatever. Oh, cool. Well, if Import Alliance happens, we'll be there. Caleb was invited for the last Import I Alliance. I will be there whenever okay, it happens. So, <laughs> so it looks like we'll be having the all-wheel drive Rally Miata in the S3 booth, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so that that's exciting. So let's yeah. talk about the bus a little bit more. You have been through, like, 12 iterations of that thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah yeah kind of yeah so did you well, set out to buy the bus or did the bus find you no i, I set out to buy the to find the bus yeah okay that was uh that's something i've always wanted to do is have like a bus and turn it into an rp it's like a miniature version of that but yeah kind of the same that's cool. um but yeah yeah so i guess when i first got it i you know, it was like literally a school bus had all this, you know, the seats in it and benches and stuff. So we tore everything out. Then we made kind of like a little thing where I didn't exactly know what I was doing when it came to converting a bus to an RV or even really carpentry, any of that crap. That was kind of new to me. So the very the first setup was very interesting. I essentially just glued some pieces of wood to the stock uh, the factory bus wall. And put some insulation in there and then just drilled things and, you know, built random crap. I didn't plan ahead, though. I kind of just did things one by one. So the first thing I did was put down carpet. And then I built the walls over the carpet. And I put the furniture over the carpet, which doesn't really make sense. And I never 
put the wiring on the walls, but then I put the walls up. So I couldn't put the wiring back there after I put the walls up. And, you know, it just wasn't done very well. But it was still fun. Like, we took it to a couple events and stayed in it. Had a bed, had a bunk bed. Um, and that was fun. But then I decided that I actually wanted to have, like, an electric system. And I wanted it to look nice, like an actual... Like, the thing that happened is, like, I see pictures on Facebook of, like, oh, my gosh, this couple converted this cool bus into this amazing comb. And I look at it, I'm like... Mine is so bad compared to that. And I just got like, oh, my oh, my setup is so terrible. So I was like, I have to fix this. So that's when we did the setup that you guys saw now. And that took a little bit longer. Like, it was a slow process. I did it all at once, but then all, like, the small details took a little bit. But now it's got solar panels and, like, an electrical system and a fridge and all the things that actually make it, like, a home. That's oh, yeah. awesome. What kind of gas mileage you get with that hog? That's the only bad thing about it. I get like eight miles a gallon. Eight yeah. Miles. yeah. Well, back in the early, early, early days of S3, like as soon as we bought it, I, that's why I asked you if the van came to you or if you went searching for it because we had a van kind of come our way. Say a van, it was a, it was like yours, but it was like the full two doors in the front. It was like the big like airport shuttle bus or whatever. And we drove that thing all the way from Homa, Louisiana, back to Atlanta, and like mirrors were falling off while we were driving it. It was god awful. And then, but we put work into it, man. We had it like two tone painted. It was looking good. We put a wing on the back, and 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 the boys at Nopi gave us like twelve of their number one racing seats, so we were gonna do it like airplane style, you know. And uh, and then I don't know, the economy crashed and gas went up, and I was like. I can't afford to even move this thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it was. It was like six miles a gallon or something atrocious. I've never seen any pictures of in it. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was dope. We put the stickers on it like hammered drunk at, right before <laughs> Nopi one year. And we were like, yeah, it looks great. And then the next day we we're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Full of bubbles. <laughs> but but no, whatever. Sleazy is a style, and we were going for that. So. <laughs> Sleazy is a style. That's, that's the next that's... T-shirt, folks. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, this, this was done on purpose. But uh, yeah, and then uh, okay. a strip club bought it. <laughs> that's perfect. Change a single thing. It's yeah. still like no, the same way. Yeah, they were like, "This is great. This is perfect." <laughs> so yeah, right, yeah, uh... it's had a life. All anyway, right. next so subject. Fill us in on the uh, the engine setup on the bus because it's not just your regular six zero. Yeah. So when I was looking for buses, first of all, um, I, had a, I had a very small budget. I had like five thousand bucks to spend, and I was looking at buses. And there's like the Duramax short bus, and then there's the six zero short bus. And obviously, I wanted the Duramax because the Duramax is so much better stock. But I just couldn't afford it. So we went to, there's actually a dealership around here that only sells old buses, which happened to work out perfectly. So we went there and, you know, even though I didn't want the 6.0, I had heard so many horror stories like six blow, you know, trash engine. I was like, okay, if I get a low mileage one, it'll be fine. Right. So we found a bus with 100,000 miles on it, which for a diesel, I thought was like super low. And it was in my price range, so that's the one we ended up getting. Um, and for the first, like, 
two years or you know a year and a half it did great we put probably almost 10,000 miles on it i bought it it was actually like at like 93,000 miles when we bought it and at 103,000 miles we're driving home from the track um we had stopped to get b-dubs and after b-dubs i go back in i start it up and it starts b-dubs is buffalo wild wings yeah yeah buffalo wild wings Okay, thank you. <laughs> I thought you said like V dubs, like V dub, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Buffalo Wild Wings. All right. Anyway, after Buffalo Wild Wings, it started misfiring, but it was just for like a second. Like right when I started up, it was misfiring really badly and then it kind of went away. So I didn't really think too much of it. Um, drove the next hour home, literally half a mile outside of my shop. So we got so lucky it happened here, but it was half a mile outside of my shop. Um, turn onto this road and it just starts surging. Like I'm accelerating. It's like, whoa, whoa. Like it's way down on power. It's doing something really weird. So me being my smart self, I decided I should floor it to hopefully clear it up. So <laughs> I floored it and, you know, it downshift and it tried to go through the red range, but it was not happy. Um, but we made it back to the shop, made it back to my shop. Um, and it's sitting, sitting there idling, uh, and we unload the car from the trailer, and then we usually push the trailer back into its spot. But then the truck, uh, the bus just shuts off. So I'm like, oh, that's weird. Try to turn it back on. It did not want to turn on. I was cranking, cranking. She wouldn't turn on. So we pushed it back into its spot, which it's really hard to push a 12,000-pound bus with two people into its yeah. <laughs> part of the yeah. But we got it there. Um, and so I thought it was just like an injector issue because it started misfiring and it did the surging thing. So I was like, oh, great. It's an injector. Cause that's a, a pretty common thing to, to go wrong on the six O's. So there's a thing where you can plug in a, a computer and you can do an injector test through the ECU. So the, the stock ECU is pretty advanced. You can do a bunch of tests. So, you know, I, I got this program and whatever, and I clicked the button to run the scan and do the tests, and it's like, um, misfire on cylinder one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm like, what the heck? And it, all the injectors came back bad. I'm like, I just had no idea what was going on. I tried out everything I could, and I couldn't fix it. So I sent it off to, there's actually a, a diesel shop right next to my shop, another very lucky thing. So we pushed it there, um, and it was there for a couple of days, and they call me, and they're like, yeah, there's shards of metal in your oil pan. It's got zero oil pressure, and you essentially need a new engine. And I was like, ugh. So what happened is um, one of the lifters had failed and sent needle bearings through the oil pump, through the camshaft, and through the main bearing on the crank. So literally, it was completely oh my God. all of the most expensive pieces. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, it was funny because it was like the the bad news came in slowly by slowly. So like they called me the first day. They're like, it doesn't sound so good. It's not building oil pressure. Maybe it was just low in oil or maybe the the oil pickup tube fell off because that's a, supposedly a problem, a common thing on the, the van chassis. Uh, and they called me the next day. They're like. Yeah, no, we overfilled it. Still didn't build oil pressure. Uh, we're going to drop the pan tomorrow and figure what, out what's up. They dropped the pan. Okay, oh, great. shoot. There's metal in the pan. <laughs> okay. So then they pull the engine. 
And okay, you know, maybe we just have to put new lifters or new blank or blank. And then like, oh, the oil pump scratched. Oh, the, the front cover scratched. Oh, shoot, your camshaft or yeah, your camshaft is scratched and your main bearing and your crank. And uh, the only good thing was the block and the heads. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Yeah. And this is and to make matters worse, this is, you know, relatively right after you finished the second iteration of the bus, right? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't even fully finished there. So, like at, at this point, Caleb, you know, you have you have options, right? And you went through this on video, you know, with your subscribers. You're like, you know, on one hand, I could sell it and get another bus, but I've put all this effort into this, you know, this this new iteration of it. So I'm going to lose all of that, um, or you know, I could stick with it, have to build this engine and sink all this money into this, you know, this older chassis, but I'll have everything already done. So what was the, the decision making process like for that? What was that? You kind of broke up there. Um, <laughs> what was the decision making process for getting a new bus or rebuilding the old bus? Yeah. So I had three options. As you said, I could rebuild the engine on this one. Uh, get a, a new short bus, which was a little bit bigger. Cause I, I kind of wanted to get a bigger bus because there were some things that we couldn't fit in the interior that I wanted to. Uh, and then the third option was to get a van, like a um, a sprinter van. Or you know, oh, yes. right. correction, you had four options, and the fourth would be like douse it in gasoline and then a flaming <laughs> bow and arrow. <laughs> While funny. it was rolling towards the lake. Well, he's had that on his, like, multiple choice list for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So pretty much, uh, I wanted to get a new new bus, but then I was like, okay, then I have to buy a bus for one, uh, then sink all the money into the interior, and then I also, I won't get any money for selling the one I have, because it doesn't have an engine. Like, no one's gonna, you know, maybe a thousand bucks or two thousand, not nearly what it was worth. Um, and then also buying a new bus, like what's to say it's not going to have the exact same issue and blow its engine in 10,000 miles. Like the thing about buses is that it's a school district. They don't take care of them very Mm -hmm. well. You know, the drivers start them up and drive them straight. They don't warm them up or all that kind of crap. Um, so that's what kind of eliminated the the new bus. And then the sprinter van, I was like, okay, well, that'd be cool. It's going to be reliable because it's brand new. Uh, it'll get much better gas mileage because it's sleeker and it's smaller and whatever, but it's a gas engine. You know, I love diesels. I love the way they sound, love the torque. So I really wanted a diesel, um, but this was a twin turbo V6. So it's the Ford ones and EcoBoost and they do offer a diesel, but it's like an M9.5 and whatever. Uh, and also the, the Sprinter van doesn't have as big of a towing capacity. The bus is a dually. It's huge. So it can tow pretty much whatever. Um, so, Oh, and then also the Sprinter van was like 25 grand. So even though I could loan that out and I not have to spend it all at once, it's still a lot of money. So mm-hmm. that's why I ended up going with the, the rebuild. And I figured if I rebuild the motor and, you know, it makes like a thousand foot pounds of torque and it's an RV now. So if I need to sell it, I can hopefully sell it for much more than what I bought it for. Right. And not it, what I it sink is into actually- it. It is actually registered as an RV now, right? Yes, it's officially a legal RV. Although the process doing that was not necessarily the legal process, but 
It's there. <laughs> so what, what, does it take to get, what does it take to get a school bus registered as an RV? So what you're supposed to do, so I actually, I looked this up all online, all right? So I, I followed what the online people told me to do. So they said the legal way to do it is to, so there's five requirements. Uh, I don't remember them all, but I think it's, so running water, um, 120 volt electric system, uh, separate refrigerator and separate heater, and then like a bed, I think and there's like five requirements you have to meet. Um, you have to meet four of the five four of the five requirements. So, um, and then after you meet four of the five requirements, you call the state. They send someone out. They inspect it. They approve it. Then you take that approval letter to a DMV, and they'll give you um, the the proper title and whatever. Uh, but then there's a back door. The back door is you go to a currency exchange, which has the legality to uh, assign these titles, but they don't know anything. So you just go up to them and tell them, hey, I have this bus, I want to register it as an RV, and they say, okay, and they do it. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> oh my god! So instead of going through the year process of all these inspections and stuff, I just went up to the DMV and I was like, hey, I've got this bus, um, blah, 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 and yeah. A week later, two weeks later, I get the title and the mail, and it's all good. That's so. awesome. <laughs> is that like a, a Illinois thing, or is that a nation thing? No, that's a nation thing, I guess. Because I, I looked up and like literally, like this. There's this big web page of all these things you're supposed to do. And at the very bottom, they're like, "We didn't do that. We just went to the DMV and uh, asked for <laughs> yeah. it." You could have said that first, guys. <laughs> yeah, right. That's but, cool. Um, all right. Yeah, good. Well, are you are you happy with where the bus is at now? Do you have any future plans with it? Yeah, so it's a little rusty. I want to fix that. It's a little ugly. I want to fix that. But overall, the mechanical and the living space is where I want it. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. It will. You know, I could sink another twenty grand into it easily and still not be satisfied. You know, it's with same thing with any. You can always put more stuff into it. But I'm happy with it. In its down. current state, what's the furthest you've been you've driven it? Uh, furthest I furthest I've driven it was uh, what was it called? It's somewhere in like South Florida. Okay, sweet, so, crazy far, but made it there and back pretty pretty safely. Hell yeah! Um, I guess actually the the first trip I have done with the new engine was the trip down to Atlanta, and okay. that did it great. It was the most pleasant. It's ever been on the highway, you know, before with the stock engine, it was like, you're flooring it and you're barely going the speed limit, <laughs> and it's miserable. but now you are using half throttle and you're going the speed limit, same mile per gallon, same everything, but it's a little, <laughs> little less miserable. To drive. <laughs> well, cool. I, I guess that we'll take that as a win. Um, so I, I guess what a lot of people are waiting for is updates on the rally miata so you you originally bought a cheaper miata to make it a rally car and from the very beginning you've had intentions on putting a subaru motor and an all-wheel drive drivetrain in it and a lot of people didn't think you would ever do it but you proved them wrong and you yeah. did and so yeah. now <laughs> dude now that thing is everywhere i mean i've seen it you know on donut media i've seen it um, on all kinds of Facebook pages and forums, everybody's talking about this thing. What's that like? How's that been for your channel? 
That's awesome. Yeah, it's like, so the, the way YouTube works is like, you've got a year of regular numbers and stuff, and then you finally hit that big thing, and then it blows up, and you're like, yes, finally. And that same thing happened. Um, actually, remember, Hunter, when you took the pictures of the Raul Miata um, right. back when you were in Chicago, and I used that picture, and I did a 10-minute build overview video for that, and that blew right. up, and that did. But anyway, um, getting back to the current setup, yeah, it's really awesome seeing it everywhere. Um, makes me really happy that I finally, I finally, like I had had this idea for a couple of years, as you said, and when I first came up with the idea, I was going to have to pay a fabricator to do it and do all that kind of crap. So then it, you know, once I got, I went to a couple of places and I got quotes and I'm like, Oh wow. Yikes. <laughs> that's not going to happen. So then it kind of went on the back burner for a couple of years. Um, and then eventually I got to the point where I was like, wait a second why don't I just try doing it myself? And so I tried it and I, you know, I figured it out. And now that it's here, it's really, I'm really happy I was able to do it. Um, and it's really awesome to see that people are enjoying it. So, so what did it take to put, um, a Subaru motor and drivetrain into a Miata? The, the idea is pretty simple. Um, you know, what I did is I bought a WRX, which has everything I need. Um, I pulled it all out. I made a jig off of the WRX chassis, which locates the stock subframe and suspension and trans mount, all of that. And then I cut the front of the Miata off. I welded that jig into place where it would need to be. And then I built a front chassis to match that jig. And then all the stock WRX parts without any modification, just bolted right back up. So the idea itself is really simple, but obviously yeah, straightforward. Yeah, it required a lot of fabrication skill, yeah, tube bending and welding and all that kind of crap. But the idea was really simple, and I had had that was the plan since the very beginning was to do it that way. So I knew what I needed to do. I had to figure out how to do it, kind of thing. And by this time, you acquired enough knowledge to do all of this comfortably. Was there anything in this project that you had to learn new? Yeah. So. I knew how to weld. I had that down, but I had never bent a tube ever. So I had literally bought a tube bender just for this, and I had to build an entire roll cage and a cha front chassis <clears throat> connected to the roll cage with this bender that I had never used. Um, mm -hmm. So that was a little bit of a learning curve. I wasted, you know, a <laughs> bucks worth of metal trying to figure it out. But yeah. once you figure it out, it, it is pretty simple. Um, you just got to kind of take your time. The thing that happens and that which really screwed me up a couple of times was it's so repetitive. You know, you put the tube in, you tighten it down and you bend it and you take it out and you check it, you put it back in. You, and then eventually the orientation, if you kind of put the tube in wrong, you know, then it kind of gets. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not constantly paying attention to how you put it in. That's really the most important, important part is how you put the tube into the bender. Uh, then you screw it up. So like there was a couple of times where like, for the first main hoop, so that's the main bar that kind of goes mm -hmm. over your head in the roll cage. I put it in, and I wasn't really paying attention, and then the hoop kind of went up, and then went like uh, it, it was just the wrong direction, just because I put the tube in 180 degrees wrong. I've been, I've been there before, man. I have a you know a manual tube bender, and it was that same S12, and we built like from this way, it was perfect. Yeah. And then you look at it, and it was just slightly. Ah, 
Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was such a pain to get to that point and any one thing goes wrong and you just gotta chunk it or save it for scrap or whatever. Yeah, hey, there's I, no unbending a tube. Dude, it's a pain in the butt. Um I got a question. When you like when you, when you take on some crazy idea like that, like how are you strategic or are you impulsive? Like, do you just be like, I want to do it. I'm gonna do it. Where's the Miata? Let me get the Miata. Let me get the WRX. I'll figure it out. Or do you like think everything through and go online and research and learn? Or do you just go, give me the cars and I'll learn. I'll figure it out. Uh, it's a little bit of both, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't jump right into it, but I also don't necessarily plan it all out. I, I know I figured out what I needed to know, or I figured out what I need to do. Like before I started it, I knew I needed to have a WRX, I need to pull it out, cut the chest, you know, tube off, do all that. Um, <laughs> but I didn't really plan out schedule of how I was going to do everything. And I didn't really do much research on how to bend the tube before. And, you know, all that kind of crap. Didn't research how to unbolt it. Subaru WRX drivetrain and you know all that you know that kind of stuff. So I try to plan as much as I can. Like I, I write off out all the things that I'm going to have to modify or buy to get the thing to this finished project. Product, but I mean that's about it. That's cool. See, I don't do that and to my detriment. <laughs> I totally just be like, I want it. I'm going to go on Facebook Marketplace and buy it because that's the fun part. And yeah. then I end up yeah. with, with a WRX and a Miata, and I'm like, ugh. And then I end up lot. with a, a Actual, Actually, that just happened recently. Will we have currently a $1,000 944 Porsche? Well, I, I paid for a $1,000 944 <laughs> Porsche. I wouldn't say I have it. But, yeah, no, it's at a, it's at a friend's that has like 49 44s and it's like yeah man i want to do the uh you probably don't know because it's it's local but there's a race shop here that does um 1.8 turbo 944s full-blown you know hundred thousand dollar type builds you know what i mean like there's nothing audi or volkswagen about it there's you know it's all been reworked and everything but anyway long story short they're making a conversion now kind of for the do-it-yourselfer you know so you can uh -huh. buy the stuff to try and right. do it to your 944. And he was like, you want to do one? I was like, oh, man. And now I'm like, hmm, where am I going to do this exactly? <laughs> like, yeah. So whatever. We'll figure it out, though. We'll figure it out. If worse comes to worse, I got a 944. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. And he said <laughs> that about, that's the seventh time he's said that about a car he owns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really. mean, I, seriously, two weeks ago, I was like, no more cars. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot get another car. And then Matt from MotorWorks called and was like, hey, man, I was thinking I got some prototype pieces and rather than just storm, I'm in, I'm in, man. <laughs> and he was like, well, call up Elliot and see if he's got a car. Elliot's a friend that parts out 944s. And I was like, okay, bye. Called him back. Okay, got one. <laughs> he was like, all right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, don't do what I do, guys. Do, do what Caleb does. It's much wiser. <laughs> So, so uh, I don't even plan it out as much as I should, really, but I guess a little bit of planning is better than none. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you don't want to know exactly where you're going. That takes yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah. 
So where, what's, uh, what's your idea from here? Like, so you finished the rally Miata, you've got it dynoed, it's running. It's from what I know, reliable. I assume it's reliable. Um, <laughs> way to find out. Um, yeah. so one of the things I really want to do is, like I said earlier, the drift truck, you know, I build these things kind of as fast as I can. And then, there are, of course, things that need to be fixed and things that can be improved. So I want to spend this year, at least the beginning of summer, really dialing in all the cars that I have. Um, and then uh, I've got a new project coming up soon. I have to finish my dad's Datsun. So, you know, I'm always constantly thinking I have like a new idea pop into my head every day where I'm like, ooh, I should do this. And then like a week later, I'm like, nah, that's boring. Let's do this kind of thing. <laughs> But so yeah. when you're deciding what to do, I mean, how much I know you don't just do it for YouTube. Like, that's probably pretty obvious. But like, how much does that play into it? Is there ever stuff that you're like, man, I want to do that. Yeah, YouTube would hate that. I should probably shouldn't do that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So one <laughs> of the things I really like about my channel is I try to do things that aren't mainstream and a little different, like mm -hmm. an all wheel drive Miata or a truck for drifting instead of a 240 kind of thing. Sure. No, nothing wrong with 240s, Hunter. They're awesome. <laughs> I saw that tear come down. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are definitely some sometimes where I come up with an idea. With an idea, I come up with the idea, and then I decide: Do I want to do that? Like, will I enjoy it? Then I decide: Will that be successful? For will anyone else enjoy it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Will anyone else enjoy so, it? Do you find that going weird? Like with a truck instead of a 240? Does that help? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I guess you really yeah. never know, but like there's 5 billion people with 240s. Right. So that would be good. Except it's totally saturated. No yes. one, you know, cares anymore because it's all been done. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's a very good point. It's a little bit of both where if I do something weird, like it will get that niche audience and then it will do well there. But if I do something mainstream, then there's a lot more people that like that build. But there's also a lot more people who have done that build, so it's harder sure. to get your name yeah, out there. Yeah. I personally enjoy doing the weirder stuff, and it still seems to be almost as successful as the mainstream stuff, so that's why I do it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Any weird... Yeah, any, like, weird projects that you wish you would have tagged on are there any weird projects in the future you kind of like look at and think that's going to be neat in a couple of years um well like like that i want to do or like that other people are doing that you want to do um you know i honestly this is one of my, my dry spouts i don't have that many ideas right now um i'll talk about what i'm going to do next though because i might as well yeah. so i've got a i've got a 1989 volvo 240 wagon Okay. So it's one of those old Volvo wagons. It's awesome. I actually, I've yeah. been daily driving it for the last year, and it's <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Old. So is this the square one? Or yeah, that's what I'm the It's or is it the roundier one? Um, I think they're all pretty square, but yeah, I'll let you. Uh, uh, is it? Can, is it turbo? No. So it's super slow. It's yeah. you know 2.3 <laughs> four cylinder. Four-speed automatic, or actually, it might be a five-speed. I'm not sure, but now I, I I knew I wanted to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a turbo LS into it and make it like a sleeper, oh. uh, like an unsuspecting car. So <laughs> I had 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 this idea for a while, and I was always kind of looking on Craigslist and stuff. And then this 
specific car popped up. It only had seventy thousand miles, and it was for a thousand bucks. Dang! It was it was an auto, which I didn't want, but I'm gonna pull the engine and trans out anyway, so I can fix that. Uh, and it had a little bit of rust on the hatch, but I knew since it only had seventy thousand miles, the chassis would be fine. So I picked it up, uh, and it was great timing because this was actually right when I was. So the the WRX I had bought to do the swap for the Miata, I was daily driving that in the winter. Um, and then I was going to have to tear that apart to put in the Miata, obviously. So I needed something to drive and then this thing popped up. So I bought it. Um, and then, yeah. It's funny when I was a kid and it probably was like in 1991, I'm looking at your shirt. Like my dad was trying to sell me for my first car, um, on a Volvo wagon. He was like, yeah, we'll do a Volvo wagon. And he's a Porsche guy. And he was like, we'll put a 928 running gear and a 928 motor in the thing. And that way your insurance will be cheap because it's a Volvo wagon. Yeah. Yeah, we never did that. Yeah. But it's probably for the best. That would have ended in tears for sure. The wagon's awesome. Like, even though it's the slowest thing I've ever owned and probably the rustiest thing, it's just, it's so reliable and it's comfy and I just, it's nice. Up to now, I've like daily dri driven my, my project cars, which is fun, but you underestimate how nice it is to have a comfortable, quiet <laughs> car to drive on the, the reg. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have anything new? <laughs> no. The newest car do you I have, have is... interest in like building a new, whatever the next new thing is that comes out? I do. I just partially can't afford or I don't want to spend that much money on a new car. And I, I like old things, you know, I definitely enjoy the old, old stuff. Yeah. That's funny. It's, uh, you enjoy this, the, how quiet it is or the comfort of, yeah. of that car. <laughs> going to put an LS in it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to ruin that. You're right. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, for the time being, I'm enjoying that. Yeah. That's funny. Cause like I used to drive, uh, like a, my mom's uh, Toyota Corolla, 1998. I hated how quiet and slow it was. <laughs> so then I bought all these race cars. I drove those for you know, a couple of years, and now I'm like, yes, an old quiet car. <laughs> That's funny. I've had the same 97 the same Corolla since 2007. What was that? I said I've had the same 97 Corolla since 2007. That was the same generation I had. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. Jesse's always like, I got a Corolla, and everybody's like, dope! And he's like, it's like a 98 or something. Yeah. Like, uh oh <laughs> But it is definitely one of a kind. That is for sure. <laughs> Jesse's, I think Jesse's favorite thing to do is, okay, so this Corolla, like, uh, to a lot of people, it may be considered on the ricey side. <laughs> I love it. We love it. Because it's weird. But Jesse's favorite thing to do whenever he comes to, like, a car event in it, take Import Alliance, for example. Somehow he has the greatest skill of sneaking it into showcase. It becomes, like, the challenge of the weekend is, like, we got to sneak this thing right out of it. But, like, you know how, like, dog owners sometimes look like their dogs or the other way around? Like, that Corolla is Jesse, like, in automotive form. It is, it's perfectly Jesse. The trick like, is it'll getting be it. Getting, getting it into showcase is fun, but it's cool when I have it like with the hood down and I put the chalk on the hood and you've got all these like amazing cars next to me, but you've got like the crowd <laughs> around my hood riding on all the chalk. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, my my most vivid memory of that, um, the spotlight car for the last IA in Atlanta was uh, the Skyline, all generations of the Skyline. Jesse snuck in, but the only spot that he could sneak in was at the end of the row of Skylines. He was like in between Skylines. So it was like all these beautiful R32s, R33s, and then just this 97 Corolla with a camo painted Yakima roof box on the top <laughs> and a chalk painted hood that everybody was riding on and nobody was paying any attention to all these beautiful skylines <laughs> they were all oh, so Corolla. i wonder how the owners of yeah. the skylines felt <laughs> oh probably my pissed. gosh they were probably mad. john okay so don is the founder of import alliance and don, uh-huh. me and jesse would just be in the booth and don would walk up to the booth and he would just be like guys and we'd be like, what, Don? And he's, <laughs> What's up, Don? Like, <laughs> he's like, you know why I'm here. <laughs> I gotta go shoot. I gotta shoot. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, we're, and then I'll be like, oh, cause you wanted one of these dope jet tags? And he's and he just looks at us. He's like, move the Corolla. The funny <laughs> thing is, I do the same scheme with only at Import Alliance with the Fiesta because he won't let it in showcase because it's a ford and so i always give them a bunch of hell because i'm like well come on like these cars it's made in mexico it's like a Civic <laughs> made in ohio so come on it's an import like you see these things running all over europe and the uk and and so we're always arguing semantics and he's just like just give me a freaking break man we got to draw the line somewhere so i try and sneak that thing in there every time and they try and chase me and find me that's hilarious he just turns into the game <laughs> Oh, yeah. Man. Well, all right, guys. Well, I think uh, we're pushing like an hour now, so it's been fun. Thanks, Caleb, for joining us and hanging out for a lot, little while. We really appreciate it. Thanks for um, having me. Hope, I got like one, be- one closing question. Like, God, this is lame. And I didn't plan it, but it's like the where do you see yourself in 10 years type of question. Like what, you know, like you know, you've got your own brand, you know, you're totally your own media. Um, so, you know, what do you do? Like you ever think about what's going to happen with YouTube, what other platforms? And it's funny because this is us, a print magazine, you know what I mean? But like, what, what happens if YouTube goes the way MySpace did, or there's the next thing and you got to freaking start from damn scratch, you know, there's, there's YouTube or something like that, and and you know you gotta start all over again. I I'm just wondering, like, you know, what do you do? I mean, the good yeah. thing is you've got enough of a brand going to where you can shuffle over to wherever it's gonna be. Yeah, well, so honestly, so I I want to do I obviously want to do YouTube as long as I can because I love it yeah. and I, I'm enjoying it. Um, but nowadays I really like the building aspect of stuff. Mm-hmm. almost more than the, the making of videos. So, um, and you know, YouTube definitely can at any mi- minute go under or just maybe my channel just can start change their rules or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah anything can happen for sure. It's yeah. definitely a very unreliable job, I guess is what you'd <laughs> say. But, um, yeah, at this point, if like YouTube went under, I think I would try to like start my own fabrication shop or something. You know, oh, okay. I really love building stuff. So, Hopefully in 10 years, I'm still doing YouTube. If not, hopefully I have a shop. I know it'll 
be something in the automotive industry. So yeah, you're kind of liking the fab side more than the quote media side of it or whatever. Yeah. Well, I know I've learned enough to use my yeah. skills to, you know, make money in other ways if I need to. So I'm not too worried, but I'll definitely still be in the automotive industry in 10 years. That's for sure. Yeah. That's dope. So, all right. Sorry, Hunter. I was interrupting. I just saw you were <laughs> oh, you're closing fine. out and I wanted to ask that one random. Oh, you're fine. Well, yeah, once again, thanks, Caleb. I saw you just uh, passed 500,000 subscribers. That's so, true. congratulations. Congrats. Give me some of them. That, <laughs> that's so super that Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully um, we will be seeing the Rally Miata and the Import Alliance um, S3 booth. So, uh, you yep. guys come out to Import Alliance, come hang out with uh, Caleb and the S3 team. Should be a lot of fun. Um, but other than that, is we're there also anything getting it shot for the magazine. True. Um, so, Miata coming issue. Yeah, I figure the majority of people listening probably have already seen it. But if you want to see some more photos of it, shot by <laughs> CRS photo, the one and the only. Good photos. <laughs> yeah, man, we'll have that in there with some words. It'll be good. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's exciting. If you haven't subscribed to S3, www.s3mag.com. Dude, you get two-year subscription and a t-shirt for 20 bucks. Hold up. 20 now bucks. That's you a steal. This thing, that's the back right there. Oh, I should have worn my S3 mag shirt. Oh, you good, that. man. You good. <laughs> but, yeah, All man. All the goods. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, all right. I guess, I guess we'll end it here. So, um, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Do appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thanks, bud.